0: And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. And yes, finally. Hashtag Bradley out. We can actually finally say it because it actually happened today. Um, As most of you are aware in Toronto FC land, even for those who aren't aware, um, Toronto FC have officially parted ways uh, slash sacked uh, Bob Bradley, manager and sporting director of Toronto FC. We're going to break that all down Uh, this week. We're going to talk about where did it go wrong for Bob Bradley, What does this mean for Michael Bradley um, and Bill Manning, who made the decision to hire him? Um, Who's a new man in charge? Uh, It's a familiar face to a lot of TFC fans, um, but he's in temporarily. What does this mean for the club moving forward? And how does this impact, The club beyond the first team. There's a lot to unpack here. Before we get into that, of course, we will also, or a little after that, I should say, we will get into the burning question this week, which was written before the announcement of uh, Bob Bradley sacking. So it has nothing to do with Bob Bradley being sacked. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, the cool thing about this is now we have a contest thanks to our friends at Nextdoor who normally present our burning question um so this week we are running a contest for a frederico bernadeschi 2024 home shirt find us on twitter at toronto till i die follow the show uh from there you can find the contest tweet and retweet that um, and it gives you a chance to win. We will be picking winners at random as an added bonus for our show listeners, as you can no longer see me, but see the shirt, because who wants to see me? You really want to see the shirt um, as it's over here. Exactly. As an added bonus. If you join the Toronto FC fan group on Nextdoor, it will count as an additional an additional an additional (laughs) uh, ballot uh, entry for the contest. Uh, So I believe one of us will be popping the link for the next door group in the chat. Uh, So go ahead. If you're watching this live on YouTube or wherever you're watching um, and join the next door uh, Facebook or next next door group, excuse me. um, And we will uh, use that as an additional ballot for you. Lots to dig into this week. Obviously, we gotta talk about the big news, so let's get into it with my co-host Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker. Guys, I'd ask how your weekend's going, but who
0: cares? The manager <laughs> out. <that>. What's up? <laughs> actually, I was actually just wondering, okay, before we get into that, just out of mm-hmm. curiosity, because we're we're giving away the jersey. Mm. Has your impression of the jersey changed at all? Do you guys has it grown on you a little bit? Has it got worse? Like, what do you guys think of TFCs? Uh, Jeff, I think oh, the jersey stronger. or the yeah. Burna
2: jersey.
1: Uh, go like, ahead, Mikey. Sorry. No, I was the jersey. about to say, like, uh, yeah, you have a, probably a stronger opinion on this, uh, Jeff, as a as a kit man who's done articles and podcasts on kits. Um, mm, and
2: is friends probably, with the guy who designed yeah, it. And the exactly articles. <laughs> I,
1: am, I am biased,
2: but I will let you know Um TFC canceled all of our COVID cash. We all got an email like you have until June 30th to spend that money you had left over from uh, keeping your money in escrow over the COVID season. Of course, there's no home games by June 30th. Now, you can ostensibly go like I'll be going tomorrow to BMO and see what TFC they have at a cansaw game. But uh, I went right to... Uh, to real sports once I realized that there was no saving, no extensions, no nothing. And I finally dropped the trigger on my number eight Victor Vasquez kit. So I now have the best I may I may have the only <laughs> number other kit. Victor yeah Vasquez. I may have the only other number eight Vasquez kit next to Victor Vasquez, which makes it the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. And I, I can't wait. I can't wait to,
0: to, hey, to Forever right yeah. legend. I respect it.
1: Yeah, ooh, no, man. Ooh. Look, uh, the I've always been okay with the kit. I never, I understand the hoopla around it. This is not to go back and go over it because we've already talked about it on this podcast already. But I'm wearing a kit that has a whole bunch of, like, black on it. And I use my go yeah. cash to get this one. Um, but, yeah, like, in the end of the day, uh, a kit's a kit. They play in it. Um, they'll remember if you win in it and they'll remember also if you lose in it. And right now, TFC doing a lot of losing in that oh, kit. Oh, that segue was um, beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely so, beautiful segue. I mean, mm-hmm. let's get into it, guys. Look, I I, I think a, a lot of the fandom has been looking for this moment to come. It has finally dropped. I want to get your guys' impressions on, first of all, just the timing of the announcement because it feels like, a lot of people thought this should have happened a lot earlier. Like, why now and not a couple of weeks ago? Um, you know, Jeff, I'll start with you, and then I'll come over to you, Mike. But you know, your just impressions on the sort of timing of the announcement of the sacking of Bob Bradley.
2: I actually slept in this morning because I uh, I was battling a summer cold uh, over the end of last week, and it's you know it's mostly gone away, but it's still have like it's hanging around in weird ways. So I actually woke up to the news. I mean i rolled out of bed and i was like um it's ten thirty. why did i sleep in until 10 and then saw my phone had absolutely exploded so i didn't actually physically get out of bed for like another two hours because i was just sitting there dealing with the ramifications you know checking in with wtr ch- checking in with the with the discourse on twitter it was a it was a real fun discourse on twitter today i have to say uh it got heated in places but uh i i do think It's amazing where the club and the fandom are now versus where they were prior to the announcement today. A lot of things have come out of the woodwork today. A lot of really uncomfortable discussions have happened. Um, And I think it's actually um, put into kind of sharp relief. Um, You know, I'm going to wear the tag of the Bob Apologist today. I am. And I'm also going to wear the tag of the guy that's going to eat a gigantic poo sandwich uh, if the DP start producing, because I think the most we can hope for out of these DPs right now, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll I'll revisit it later is a little bit of a new coach bump, but they're eventually going to regress to the mean. Um, And I I feel like all of that has been kind of dredged up today. So it's been a real exhale for the fan base. And I'll even say this, the people that were so militantly about getting their pound of flesh, now that they have it, I think in a lot of ways, their eyes have been opened up that this isn't entirely on Bob. And now that he's gone, uh, there's no place for any of the other parties
0: to hide. And uh, I'm really looking forward to how that shakes out. Yeah. When I, when I saw the news this morning, wasn't, wasn't surprised. Um, I think the writing has been on the wall for this for a long time. I mean, we've talked about it on the show, it seems like for, for a very long time, <laughs> the timing of it in particular, um, now that I'm thinking about it, logically, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? you you're, go away to Cincinnati, go away to New England, one of the toughest, I guess, road stretches of the season. You kind of want to get through that and then give, you know, the firing of a manager is a lot more than the firing of a manager. It's kind of symbolic of this new fresh start. So you want to give whoever comes next or this new era a a good starting place. And at home to to, uh, Real Salt Lake on Canada Day, that's a good way to kick off kind of a a new era uh, for Toronto FC. So the timing of it from that regard, not really too surprised Um, overall, like I guess on the firing itself, I think one of the things that, and why it took so long, a lot of people are going to be asking that question, but I think for me, like one of the reasons why it took so long is that we all know that Bob Bradley was signed a long-term contract here with Toronto. I believe it's, it was a five-year contract that he signed and MLSE, as we've talked about on this show they're not exactly dishing out tons of money right now to toronto fc and that's the reason why toronto fc have only two dps so they're making a big time investment here to to sack bob bradley um by you know still paying him the remaining of his if his long-term contract also i think we have to mention mike sorber as well who was technical mm-hmm. director and, and assistant coach um they're paying they're now paying more money to get rid of those guys so that kind of tells you where things were um from a results perspective but b also where things were behind the scenes i think with with the way that he was handling the dressing room at this point of his of his tenure yeah and
1: it's it's funny because yes jeff i kind of like your point of you know everybody wanting a pound of flesh and now are maybe going to realize that It wasn't all just the manager but of course that this is football right and and when Mm -hmm. results aren't coming in when players aren't playing up to potential or the perceived potential um that is always eventually from at least a fan base perspective is going to fall on the manager and that person is always going to be the one blamed And, and mike to your point around timing I get what you're saying. Like in terms of like, look, you get through a rough stretch. You don't want your interim manager who, by the way, was announced today. It's going to be Terry Dunfield, former Toronto FC midfielder, um, Canadian international Terry Dunfield, um, who has been in the youth uh, ranks for the last couple of years, um, starting with really the young kids. And I think recently with the U 17s um, is moving temporarily into the full-time job. Like you don't want Terry Dunfield to go into, you know, Cincinnati and new England and have to already play the two of the three best teams in major league soccer right away. Um, Now that doesn't say that he's not going to have a challenge against RSL. They've been playing all right lately. Um, But it does give a little bit of an opportunity for that, a full week, mostly of training, obviously they didn't train today, um, but they will sort of resume tomorrow and get ready for Saturday. So, I, I guess I mean, where I, I mean, where did it go wrong for Bob Bradley? I mean, really into the end of the day, like we all you guys were doing the podcast before I brought this but you know, we were doing this um, on on other shows like Tunnel Club and things like that talking about, you know, the end of the 2021 season, who do you bring in the only natural fit is Bob Bradley, it only made mm-hmm. sense to she was the chosen one. Yeah, in a lot of ways, right? Like, so I mean, when he was hired, everybody was like, no, duh. Of course you go get Bob Bradley because of his credentials, because of what happened in LAFC. Before that, even the players that he's brought through, the managing tree that now exists from the tree of Bradley. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet none of that ever seemed to really take root in Toronto. I wonder what you guys think about that. Like, what do you think brought him down? Jeff, go ahead. I know you're you're buzzing the go. I think it was bad planning from all parties. I don't
2: think the Bradleys expected there to be as much blowback uh, on their relationship, their familial relationship. But of course, uh, that was used as ammunition by people that were out to get them. And I don't think they considered that. Um, I also don't think that Bob Bradley was really given a fair shake. Um, I think, you know... Let's just look at LAFC. His success at LAFC was building a team from the ground up, right? We were tearing a team down for him to build it from the ground up. But before he even took his shoes off or put his pens in the pen carrier in his office, they're like, by the way, we've spent 75% of your budget on these two wingers, go win. And I think those two things are, are we'll find out probably incompatible. Um, and, and, you know, it was it was doomed to failure. And it's easy to say that after the fact. But I do want to step back for two things. Uh Mike, that's awesome. I Mikey's saying I didn't I didn't actually put two and two together about the whole Canada Day, get the interim coach in, et cetera, et cetera. But to turn it on its head, we all knew we weren't winning these two away games. So it seems a little disingenuous that Bob falls on his sword for losing two games that we all knew we weren't going to win. And that's not really a question. It's just a thought. And then my last thought is like, listen, I think we're still, MLSE is still playing Mike Babcock until the end of this month. I do think they're still on the hook for some of his salary. And I'm not sure the numbers, but I do know that there's a shakeup on the MLSE board in terms of Larry Tannenbaum now auctioning off some of his stockholding, some of his share in the property. So there are things going on above the line that affect the whole organization, not just TFC. Forget about what's going on with the wraps and the Leafs and all of the shakeups that are going on there. It's no it's no secret that TFC doesn't rank highly on MLSE's list of priorities. So when you combine that with the five-year deal, when you combine that with Bob's pedigree, when you combine, when you combine that with the fact that, you know, we weren't, aside from the Philadelphia game, and this has been said all day today, we weren't really getting blown out. We, the margins were very, very fine. So there was this hope. That somehow things would regress to the mean. I mean, I was there. I, I had it myself. You know, they're making an inc- an insane cost outlay now to do this. Um, and I don't think they wanted to. And no. I, you know, so, so, uh, you know, why? Because of what you said. The fan base is not apathetic. They're adversarial. You know what I mean? The temperature is just too high. Uh, and so something had to be done. And like you said, very eloquently, Mike, sometimes for better or worse, better coaches than Bob Bradley have been fired for worse reasons. You know, this is not, this is not a, 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 an outlier in, in, in world football. This happens all the time. Uh, so it was expected.
1: Mike, before you just jump in here um, really quickly on, on two points, I think Jeff, you do make a good point there. However, I will say that although TFC were never, again, aside from the Philadelphia game, and and really Cincinnati this uh, past weekend, blown out of matches where they just were not, they just were clearly not the, you know, they were second best and it was by a long, long shot you also felt even though in those closer games that TFC had no cutting edge to be able to find a way to get points or win, well maybe get points they could draw, but not to win games. And this, and like I've said before, and you guys have both said this and a lot of you listening have said this before, this team is not built to develop in a year, right? It's not meant to crest in 2024. That's not the plan. The plan is to be competitive now, right? And you have a window. It is, it does exist now how you determine what that window is and how long it can stretch. That's, that's another thing, but this team is built to win now. And I've said it before, although you're getting rid of Bob Bradley, because yes, managers have to pay the costs when teams don't win and players don't perform, but there has to be some questions around the decision-making of bringing in some of these players. And some of that's on Bob and some of that's Mm -hmm. not on Bob. And there is there there is a bigger institutional and i think you were scratching at it a bit jeff um issue at toronto fc right now and i think that there is this question of you know where is this club really going like where like what is this club going to be and i think that's what mm-hmm. fans are frustrated with bob was a lightning rod for it but it's it's not the actual lightning like the actual lightning
2: is say the name
1: well, I mean look a lot of people are saying it's bill Manning right that, that, that i'm I'm saying that I'm not I know Mike you're not saying mm. that but I am um yeah, because, I'm saying I it too. There, because I think because i yeah exactly because I think there is a question now around the fact that this president now has brought in two full-time managers and another interim um out there like he didn't hire Greg vanny okay that's fine. Um, but he stuck with him. He he understood continuity, he kept him when a lot of people back in 2015 when we lost in the playoffs were saying we're calling fire. for his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just remember that. That's that's revisionist history. Some people don't remember. But mm-hmm. so you got to give him credit for that. You also have to give him credit for the moves he made to get this team over the top. He was a part of that, but Tim Bezbachenko was a lot of the architect around a lot of that. But since then, since and again, it goes back to what Pablo Mauer talked about a couple of weeks ago on our show. Since the decision, whatever happened with Greg Vanny and his contract extension, and it didn't get done. Yes, okay. Some people say he got his head turned by LA Galaxy, but let's be real, that wasn't exactly it, right? Mm -hmm. It has been kind of miscalculation after miscalculation with this club. It's
2: been an unrepentant disaster. Uh, I mean, let us call a spade a spade. Yeah,
1: I mean, they haven't looked like they just haven't. They haven't been a team that's been able to cycle into the new generation of MLS. It just has not done very well in that. And I think there are questions around. You know, Bob has to take up part of this blame one hundred percent. That's not to absolve him of blame, but I think there's this other pedestal. I guess we'll get to that in a bit, but Mm. just keeping that in mind. Um, Mike, sorry, I know you wanted to jump in, so just want to let you go.
0: No, no, I think, I think you make a fair point. I think w- let's get to that in, in a bit. I still want to yeah, talk about yeah. Bob Bradley's tenure yeah, a, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. here. Um, and one of the questions you asked earlier was, where do you think things went wrong with, with Bob Bradley? And I think, Jeff, you kind of touched on it, and I, I do want to just reiterate your point. Um, mm-hmm. He was given a, a deck of cards in, in some essence before he arrived. And, of course, his his ace was a guy that, quite frankly, he didn't want. Bob Bradley didn't want to spend that much money on Lorenzo Insigne. Uh but of course that decision was made before Bob Bradley arrived at Toronto FC so he was dealt a hand in which he had to play a card that was kind of in you know in in a way forced upon him. Um Bernardeschi, you know, Bob Bradley did have some some sign off on Bernardeschi but after meeting Bernardeschi, I mean when you hear all the right things it's it's tough to say no to to mm. <laughs> and we all we all see what bernardeski's like his personality yeah. and everything and of course you want to buy into that right away so i don't really fault bob for signing off really on that one when when bernardeski's saying all the right things and this player of his caliber um, now when you look at his tenure overall i do have to mention that he during his time here he was asked to essentially rebuild the club um and that's why you saw so many departures ahead of last season uh the 2022 season um you saw the team playing essentially all kids and that's because he was asked to you know reset the culture and rebuild the club and while doing that you're also trying to manage Different things that are on the books that were pre-existing from the Ali Curtis tenure, and of course, one of the things we're referring to is, you know, the Josie Altador contract, the Dom Dwyer contract, the Kamar Lawrence contract. You know, trying to the two goalkeepers, the two goalkeepers trying to move on from Oro Jr., trying to move on from some of your center backs, trying to figure out how to get rid of Jefferson Soteldo and and you know how to exactly manage that moving forward. So there was still a lot on his plate right there. So it wasn't as easy as just you know, getting rid of a new team and bringing in a different team. And of course, when we look at last season and kind of what was the, in a way sort of this second life for this Toronto FC team with the arrivals of Insigne and Bernadeschi and Mark Anthony K and Richie Larea and Domenico Crescito, is that at that point of the season, and we were all talking about it on this show, regardless of, what we had in mind in terms of a long-term vision with this club expectations were raised so last summer expectations were raised and in particular with the Italians they came in and they expected a different type of environment and a different type of culture and a different type of winning mindset with their teammates and with Bob Bradley without really understanding the process here Mm. but when you go out and you're investing that much money and the results are as bad as it is and then you know, halfway, I guess, through that tenure when TFC all of a sudden start losing games, obviously Lorenzo Insigne has his personal situation. That's when I think things started to really unravel for Bob Bradley. And to be frank, I'm not sure if I've ever publicly said this on this show, but that's the reason Domenico Crescito left Toronto is because I don't think he really loved his relationship that he had with, with Bob Bradley. Um, and there was obviously the relationship between Insigne and Bernadeski and Crescito being caught in kind of the middle of that as mm-hmm. well. There was just a lot there for Mimo to be like, uh, I think Jenna was probably a little bit more appealing for me right there. So the good news for Bob Bradley, I mean it, it was good news in Heinz, or you know, at the time was that heading into 2023 this season, you kind of sold his DPs that are still there in, in Insigne and Bernardeschi on the fact that they're going to be a better team this year. Look, we're bringing in Sean Johnson. We're bringing in Matt Hedges. We're bringing in Raul Petretta, a guy who's going to be on your flank, and a guy who's or played in the Champions League, and Sigurd Rosted as well. And obviously you have Victor Vasquez and Diamande. We're bringing back Osorio. At that point, you kind of were able to sell Insigne and Bernadeschi on buying back into what they believed at least could be some sort of, of winning team and when it didn't start well you kind of started to see ripples of last season kind of getting through the cracks again Bernadeschi in the third game of the season so done with said, these guys. said we're not playing football right um and mm. then obviously when Austin came around Bernadeschi was kind of fed up and you know we all read the athletic article we all know some of the stories behind the scenes but <sighs> I think that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of exactly what the, the club culture was overall. And now we can say who's, whose fault that is. Is that Bob Bradley's fault? Is it Bill Manning's fault on the recruitment side? Is it the players themselves who have to take some kind of responsibility there? It, it's a lot. Um, but for mm-hmm. me, like that's that was kind of where things went wrong overall. It's just the fact that, yes, Bob Bradley was brought in to kind of rebuild the club. But at the same time, it wasn't necessarily all of his choices here to rebuild the club. And he was asked to to be and I I've written about this, so he was also asked to fast track his rebuild, right? Mm -hmm. TFC in this season, I don't think with no money
2: because we spent it all on Lorenzo and Bernadette. Well that that actually that actually came halfway
0: through too, Jeff. They were they the intention was to bring in three DPs, but because of the way that last season ended, my understanding is that money was then I guess, in a way, taken, taken, away, taken off yeah. the board, right? So then not only was he asked to go out and win games, but he was asked to go out and win games with a smaller budget than he had yeah. existing. So when I say he had to fast track a rebuild, it's because TFC wasn't going to get money without winning. But, you know, that's not the blueprint they, they set out uh, to begin with. So they tried to fast track a rebuild. And I think that, that's what's got us to the position that we are uh, today. Right. So yeah.
1: let's then, if you don't mind, guys, let's let's maybe go quickly into sort of, you know, uh, obviously, Bob comes in, you, you're talking about trying to rebuild the squad, you know, was he asked, to, was he asked to do too much too soon? Or was it more of a situation of, know maybe if you're bringing in a manager like this you you sort of have to go as as either the president of the club or uh, you know as as the board go in being like hey we're bringing in this caliber of manager who look the pedigree we all know you have to then go in and say we got to back him with the funds in the market to go out and get the players he wants if it's a rebuild right like i i guess where is the disconnect there because the money was there last year right like it wasn't like it got that money wasn't there. And I know they spent it on Insigne and Bernadeschi and they got marc Anthony came, things like that. But again, like you said, that was halfway through last season. So I guess why not back him in the January transfer window at that time to allow him to sort of build and try to give himself a little bit more runway to build the team.
2: These are great questions that I think Bill Manning has to answer for. I mean, in, when you hire a artiste or an auteur, you back the auteur. You don't kneecap them immediately when they arrive. You know, there have been 50,000 points in this, in this chat, like, well, you know, Bob turned around and, and and signed Vasquez and Diamande. That completely misses the point. I mean, when you're, when you have two nickels to rub together, you're not signing Erling Hallen. You know what I mean? And the fact like, like Diamande probably agreed to come in at a very low salary for what you know, again, I don't. I don't want to misconstrue, but those personal relationships maybe what got the deals over the line. So you can't hang his feet over the fire for for both reasons. It's an like that's what I thought we were doing. I thought we were backing Bob Bradley and letting him work. That's why today is such a shock for me. And as all these things come out of the woodwork, it like we have just been grinding metal for a year and a half. Like this was doomed to failure. The moment that we hired him because we weren't hiring Bob Bradley and letting Bob Bradley be Bob Bradley. We were hiring Bob Bradley and then, and then immediately cutting off his limbs and asking him to do what he does with, with limited resources and with the deck stacked against him. That's an impossible mission. You know, somebody, somebody earlier in the chat said, well, why would you take that? Who's going to refuse a five-year guaranteed contract? Most of these, coaching jobs and uh with acrimony that's just the way it goes you know what i mean and nobody can tell the future so to 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 chide bob bradley for walking into an impossible mission with a five-year guaranteed contract and the chance to maybe close out his coaching career coaching his son every last one of you would have done that so that's that that that, i i don't buy it like that's that's
0: craziness this revisionist history drives me nuts I'm not quite mission impossible because I do think there's plenty of mistakes that were made along the way by Bob Bradley from a roster building standpoint. Um, You know, this season alone, like they don't, they're they're obviously a top heavy team. We've talked about that, but when you're looking at signings like Sigurd Rostep, when you're looking at signings like Raul Petretta, you know, Victor Vasquez isn't on the cheapest deal. Diamande isn't on the cheapest deal at all. Diamande is actually making quite a bit of money. So when you look at those four signings in particular, and then some of the trades that TFC made. I mean, let's let's face it. Like the Mark Anthony K trade, probably an overpay, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at the Jacob Schaffelberg deal, now that we're under the impression that Richie Larea is going to walk from TFC, probably not the best deal. Um, you know, I, the CJ Sapong one's a little bit... At, I mean, if you're just looking at CJ Sapong for Lucas McNaughton, plus up to 200000 in allocation money, not a great deal, but then you have Am- Babika who kind of rescued and salvaged that yeah, deal yeah, uh, for sure TFC. Is. But that could also that could have looked really bad, right? So there are certain moves that Bob Bradley's made throughout his tenure here that it's not like everything he's done has been perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So from that standpoint, you know they didn't get the recruitment that they did. TFC did, and that's a lot of different reasons. It doesn't just fall on Bob Bradley, although he is the guy that's going to shoulder the blame. Um, the recruitment hasn't been good enough from this team for a lot of different reasons. And one of the things he's talked about is the team hasn't done a good enough job at creating assets. There's no players right now on Toronto FC, aside from maybe the free agents that you signed that you can trade that are gonna give you legitimate assets coming back the mm-hmm. other way. Yeah, and that's when argue. you know that's when you know just how bad the the roster is right now. Yeah, no, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and I would I would argue also that from an academy perspective you haven't developed players that are really going to move the needle in terms of bringing in any kind of assets either right like if you talk about recouping money paid by moving players out the only player that's really worth anything in terms of that is Jaquiel and even Jaquiel's stock has dropped and not necessarily because of all because of Jaquiel right like so mm. for, it, it's partly by the way the club that's has handled good. him so from yeah. that perspective, um, you know, you you have put yourself in a lot of deficits. Now, again, whether that's all Bob, whether that I'm sure there is blame to go around quite a bit in the TFC front office. And, and we can't get into that. I really want to just touch really quickly on sort of what does this mean for like Michael Bradley? Now, obviously, mm-hmm. if you're watching mm-hmm. or looking online this weekend, there was pictures surfacing of him in Wales. Um, obviously in UK getting treatment, but also, um, you know, at the Wales FA um, doing his coaching badges and, and things like that. Um, but, you know, let's, let's maybe not s- speculate that way. Cause you know, we just don't know, but um, you know, what does this mean for Michael Bradley now They, you know, he's, he's going to be returning before the end of the season to playing condition at some point. Um, so what does this mean for him both as a captain, but also St- what does his future look like at the club? <laughs>
2: He's going to go studs out on Bernadeschi in the first training <laughs> session. That's that's for sure. Um, I mean, what does it mean? Look, I, I choose Michael. I know that's completely inconsequential. But in all things, I choose Michael Bradley. Um, I'm sure it's not good. I'm sure it's not good. It can't be good. Um, you know, and I, I think he'll have a chip on his shoulder. And, and hopefully it'll get excised on the pitch. Uh, not in the locker room, but I'm not holding my breath for that. I think he's coming back in guns blazing, for looking for revenge for those that have besmirched him and his family name.
1: <laughs> you, you, You've—is uh, this the plot of Kill Bill or Michael Bradley coming back to UFC? No, well, I, I, I think,
2: think I think our training injuries for the Italians are going to triple exponentially <laughs> once he's
0: back on the squad. But that's uh that's just me. I, I, I think kind of what Jeff illustrated there, um, is is that it will be a really awkward environment for Michael. There's no two ways about it, right? Um, it probably has been a little bit of an awkward environment for him in general throughout this mm-hmm. this whole process and during Bob's tenure here with Toronto. I know they've worked together, but we all know, like, this time it, it was different. Um, and, you know, it, it pains me to say this, but it, in, all, in, my, like, in a way, Bill Manning firing Bob Bradley kind of made bill choose a side here now he chose the side that but he also chose the side of the italians right and and in a way he kind of had to choose the side of the italians because they're both Uh, signed to big contracts and both to long-term deals and it might be tough to to get rid of those guys but in a way he had to he had to do that um so as team captain, it's going to be very awkward. I think for Michael Bradley to walk back into that dressing room and, and when he does do that, I do wonder if it'll be one of the last times that he does walk back into the dressing room. I do wonder if Michael Bradley from, for some way, the way that this has all been handled by, you know, kind of his teammates as well. If Mm -hmm. this, uh, if this is the way, you know, it ends for, for Michael Bradley, which to me is, it's so disappointing. But that's uh, TFC, isn't it? Right? Like, that, yeah, that's we TFC. We can't say We don't do well by our veterans. We don't do well by our yeah. We, don't do no, well
2: we by really our don't.
1: We just don't. Yeah. Um, we just don't. Not very many get to walk out the door in a great way at this club. It just really has never really Such ever a happened. good point. Such a good point. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting right like I, and we don't know yet right we maybe he does come back maybe he does play spectacularly at the end and who knows maybe he does go on and play another year we we and don't he'll, know
0: He's the ultimate professional too yeah, right he like, really is i i don't want to to say that but like it's such a tall task and think about how awkward you would be if you had mm-hmm. to show up in in that dressing room knowing that some of the a lot of the people players probably in that dressing room wanted bob out um your your father out and as the team captain, your responsibility is to still keep the team going forward, but are they going to listen to you if now if, if they weren't in a way kind of respecting and, and hearing Bob out? So it's a really tough task for Michael. And I, I do wonder if it's too tall of a task for him to one, overcome and two, be enough to want resign to. And, yeah. and, and want to resign and, and continue his, his legacy here in Toronto, or if, if maybe that's the way that it ends, which again would just be such, such a, disappointment. Such a bummer.
1: Yeah, it, a bummer. it would be, it would be if that is the case, but we'll see mm-hmm. um, as he's still on the road to recovery. Um, we touched on it earlier, uh, but I want to bring in the Bill Manning conversation because I think a lot of people now that, you know, sort of one domino here has fallen. What about the other one, the big one? Um, and, and look, I think we've talked about it before. But you know, Bill Manning is pretty ensconced in his role at, at at TFC, and not just TFC. Remember, he's also president of the Argonauts. He's been here for eight years. Like it's not it's not a situation where you know you're letting him go lightly. Um, what does sort of his decision, as you alluded to, Mike, in terms of picking the Italians, quote unquote, um, you know, in, in in removing Bob Bradley as head coach? What does that mean for him in terms of his relationship with the team, uh, his relationship with whoever gets picked next as the permanent manager of Toronto FC? You know, who takes this job? Is this now a poison chalice job um, for a manager? And and what does it mean to his relationship with the board? Because in the end, he's got people he's got to answer to, and that's the MLSC board. Um, so, you know, just wanted to sort of touch on that and what you guys thought on that. Uh, Mike, go first, and uh,
0: Jeff, I'll come to yeah. you. I think his seat is on fire. Um, on fire, yes. There is now no one standing in between him and the firing line. Um, for anyone else, right? He's now since Greg Vanny. So let's start with the Greg, Greg Vanny decision, right? He was he played a big role and reason why Greg Vanny isn't still at this club today. And obviously, we know that Vanny wanted more than just money. He wanted more control over some of the decision making at the club and. Bill Manning ultimately backed Ali Curtis there in, in that scenario, uh, which which led to Greg Vanney deciding to walk to the LA Galaxy, right? The only real successful coach Toronto FC has ever had here in Toronto. Uh-huh. And then you let Ali Curtis go out and hire his guy in Chris Armis. Um, again, I have to emphasize that Bill Manning let Ali Curtis hire his guy. So Bill Manning still does, I know, maybe he, in a way kind of tries to dodge a bullet there. But no, that, that's still his decision to do that. Javier Perez, I mean, you can't really say anything. It was an interim manager for the rest of the season. But then, you know, a year and a half ago, at the podium there at the BMO Trading Ground, Bill Manning sat at the podium, introduced Bob Bradley, and said Bob Bradley was the right guy at the right time to lead this club forward. A year and a half later, he has to fire his guy. So there's no more chances, I guess you can say it for Bill Manning. And to be honest, I'm, I'm surprised he even gets one more chance here uh, mm-hmm. to appoint a new head coach. And we'll, we'll see exactly what, he, what route he decides to take on that path. Um, what I will say is that I also do believe that his role as the president of the Toronto Argos does carry some weight in terms of how long he's been able to keep his job here with Toronto FC. I think if all things were being equal and he was just the president of Toronto FC, I'm not sure he would still be in the position that he is today. That being said, I I do also want to reiterate that I I still think Manning is a very good executive. I think he's really good at what he does. But at the end of the day, if you're not getting the results and you're missing on some of your DP signings and you're having to recycle coaches every year, it seems like. Um, at a certain point, the results just speak for themselves and someone yeah. has to, to go down and it, it, there's no one left now than, other than Bill Manning. Yep. Uh, listen,
2: I have often defended Bill Manning because I think people sugarcoat what he does behind the scenes that's so important. And I think that he's developed relationships that we know nothing about that allow him to get things done in a way that works For the suits and that corporate environment. And we just gloss it over. That's done now. All of that good faith is over. All right? Nobody gets to make this into their personal fiefdom. It is a results-based business. And when we were talking about what was going on prior to Nick Bontis resigning, I'm going to give the same spiel I gave then. In corporate world, sometimes you have to fall on your sword. Bill Manning is not the man that's going to fix this team. There's too much bad blood and there's too much history of mistakes. Now there are more than one. There's more than one soccer executive on planet earth. And it's insane to keep circling around the drain and giving, give these people their own personal fiefdoms. It's over for him. All right. And, and we've waited two years dancing around this with Bob Bradley, but at the end of the day, we gotta, we gotta point the finger where it belongs. This man is not saving our club. He's had two opportunities to do it already, and even if he has it in him, it's over. I mean, it's time for new blood and fresh ideas. It is. He's got 14 games, 14 MLS games to rescue his job, and I don't think he has it in him. I think this is just delaying the inevitable. Um, and and who knows. What the impetus for that is, whether it, you know, it's probably something as simple as that. We got to pay Babcock this much money. We got to pay Bradley this much money. Let's leave Bill here for 14 days and see if he can sort his ass out. But like Mikey Singh said, his seat is on fire. I wouldn't sit on it. It's on fire, um, <laughs> you know. And I wouldn't be surprised if he resigns tomorrow. I mean, he's not resigning tomorrow. It, I, I don't think he's going to, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he does. At the end of the day, he's not the person that's going to fix this for obvious reasons, some fair, some not, some entirely in the court of, of fickle public opinion. Doesn't matter. That's what's written on the box. You you bought the ticket, you take the ride. And it's insane that, that now we're like, because there's nothing better. Nah, screw that. Like this team is broken <laughs> and you can't fix broken with the same players. This broken, you cannot fix this broken with the same players. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah. Um, the thing with sport executives that you, know, you mentioned there, Jeff and, and Mike, you kind of touched on this as well. Half of their job is about the on-field product. The other half of their job is the business, right? And let's, you know, uh, on the on sporting side, we all agree. We're not happy with results lately. Results have not been very good since arguably the end of 2020. Okay um the business that's a different story right the business has been good you know like, like has it? well it's been good in the sense that he's been able to keep the ticket the season ticket base at a decent level given the pandemic and given the, yeah, the fact that this team hasn't won a
0: lot he's also bought a lot of that by burning resources no
1: agreed right that's part of it that's part of it i'm not sure i'm not
0: sure we can definitively say yeah i don't know know if they're in the black i think Uh, uh, well no tfc's never been in the black though tfc's never been in the
1: black that's the tfc is not run to run in the black that is not the point Mm. of toronto fc the, the Toronto C is not to it's run a real opponent. estate that,
2: play. Yeah. yeah. yeah
1: it's, it, that's yeah. not the point. The point is for TFC not to be like a plucky little in club that always stays in the black. That is not the point of any MLS club. Almost every MLS mm-hmm. club loses money. Let me ask you in
0: the red. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Has this team done enough or do you think it's wasted? I guess the buzz and allure. Of the Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi signings. Do you think that, I think, that kind I think of shine those players think I'm responsible gone? for that.
1: Um, I would say that if you were signing Lorenzo Insigne as a buzz player, he's not a big enough profile to really create the buzz that what? you need in the first place. Like from soccer, people will know who he is, but realistically you're talking if you're signing oh, a DP, if you're signing a DP, right? Like he's right, the- Mike like he's not big enough from a non like to just to get general people into the building he's big in the soccer world lorenzo insigne is nothing outside of it like let's be real he's not he's not a guy who's going to drive the type of yeah like uh, hipster soccer people know if you don't remember
0: when when okay not only when he was signed but also when he was making his debut for the club Everything that was going, I had people that were not soccer fans at all talk to me about Lorenzo Insigne and him signing because for his face FC. was on, was, his on was, was on everywhere. They pumped all that everywhere. money into advertising. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not only right. that, they, they a lot of people know who Lorenzo Insigne was. There's a lot of. I mean, I, I don't really know about community. that. I, like, if I you really go on know. MLS.com right now, you have
2: to scroll past four thousand messy articles to get to anything about the season. Like, okay, he's not. They're not. Messy. They're not
0: he, the no same. one's saying he's messy. But but
2: that's a player. That's the Coca-Cola player. That's okay, who I'm TFC talk- thought that they were getting. The guy oh. that, oh, insignia, 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 and he'd be on everybody's lips. But then they had to do all of this legwork
1: so that people would know. even know how to pronounce the guy's hold, name. Hold on, I mean, yeah, so like, like I would say yeah. that, like, look, no, of course, you're not gonna get a messy. Messi is a messy. That that's something else completely. But when you're getting a DP in the and look, part of and Bill Manning talked about this, right? The part of signing Lorenzo Insigne was partly obviously for sporting reasons and he's a fantastic footballer. No one has ever doubted that he's a fantastic footballer. I think the, the I question do. here has been fair enough. But I, I I think that the thing was, part of this was a marketing play, right? It is to bring Italians into the stadium, to bring people in the stadium. So I think from that perspective, again, if you are t- somewhat tuned into sports or into soccer, you understand or have an idea of who Lorenzo Insigne is. But the when you're spending money on DPS, especially the amount of money they're spending on him, it's got to transcend that in a lot of different ways. It's got to be able to grab somebody who's like, what the hell is soccer but i kind of know who that guy is right and that is not what he is i, I actually mean, he, think pretty, he is
2: that i actually think he if if the qualification is what the hell is soccer i want to know who that guy is i think he's got enough pinache and and ink spilled on him to to be that
1: guy but you had but, to spill I mean, all the ink right like it wasn't it wasn't yeah, a natural yeah. thing it's kind of like it was like okay no, it's, none of this
2: stuff. was natural that's the thing i mean you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head None of it was natural. The, the anticipation was, is that this guy was, was a quick and dirty path to bums in seats, activating the Italian fan base, you know, fixing the team. But none of that has been true. None
1: of those three things
2: have been true. Right, like, like the ima- the marketing. Well, I think, put, bums, for I think this he guy. put
1: some bums and seats. Like there were more angry bums and seats that get that, than, that get on Twitter to bitch about TFC.
2: Yeah, like I mean, th- th- that that's that that's not <laughs>
0: <laughs> good. It's not good, <laughs> you know.
1: I'm not anyway. saying it's good, but look, like like look at the, more people, yeah, like like at people at the going end of the TFC day games. Well, Regardless, possibly announced. the the, yeah.
0: the point that I guess you're arguing there, there, Mike, is that it wasn't a good business decision. To sign Lorenzo Insigne. Well, oh, I think from, it's a
1: good, like, to to sign Lorenzo Insigne is a good idea. For to that amount of money. Of, well, that's the thing, right? Right? That's, that's, it. that's So it wasn't a good
0: on. business decision again. So that's why I go back to what we're, again, before we speak whether or not Insigne was, like, mm-hmm. a trans-setting player mm-hmm. or not. Has the business really been that good for Toronto FC? Again, I, I, I haven't seen the numbers, so I can't really say yes or no definitively. But I do get the impression that the overall profile and value of this club over the last year and a half has kind of deteriorated um, from where it was when they announced the Lorenzo Insigne signing and the the Federico Bernardeschi signings and when they made their debuts. I think at that point there was such an opportunity for them to capture recapture kind of the buzz that was gone from Toronto FC through the pandemic and obviously the poor player after that. There was an opportunity there. I'll never forget sitting in the BMO field press box and literally feeling the stadium shaking when they announced Lorenzo Insigne's name pregame. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen if yeah. the, the fan base has riled up mm-hmm. since essentially uh, until like after that game, obviously uh, that four, nothing mm-hmm. half will always have. Um, so yeah, f- for me, I, I don't think the club is, has done a good enough job to kind of reap the benefits and the rewards of, <laughs> these two DPs, not only from the sporting size, but I think also from a marketing standpoint, I think they've really wasted what this opportunity.
2: Dude, dude, let me spell it out for you. I mean, let, 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 like, just here's the sentence. Here it is. Here's the T-R-D-L, the T-L-D-R, or whatever the hell. Um, we're hiring, we speak English in Toronto for the most part, and we hired a guy to save the franchise and be the mouthpiece of the franchise that doesn't speak English, all right? Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> I mean, no, but seriously, these are, like, it, it's it's insanity. It's yeah, insanity. It's this guy was supposed English. to He's be
1: the ref- catch-all. He kind of refuses to talk to media.
2: Well, I mean, this guy was supposed to be the catch-all. He was supposed to save everything. I mean, let's go here. And, yeah, last year, I wanted Fede to be the mayor. Does that mean <laughs> that I can't change my mind, Gray? I mean, I would hate to live in a world where people can't change their minds based on new information. And new information... I mean, I might as well give him the last name Soteldo at this point for how much I like the guy. So please, by all means, hold me accountable for changing my opinion about somebody that had us all hoodwinked, by
0: the way. All right. Every um, last one of us. We'll we'll get into more Insane Bernadeski when we do the burning question. Yeah, Is there yeah, anything sure. else you had there you want to touch on? Yeah, I think
1: like? I just quickly on um, Terry Dunfield, as selected yeah. as the temporary manager of Toronto FC. Obviously, we don't know how many games he's going to end up getting. It might be till the end of the year. They might bring somebody in um, before the end of the season. We'll obviously see. Interesting choice um, to be the interim manager uh, to to bring in some. I mean, look, Terry Dunfield's been in and around the club since he retired. Um, And obviously, again, like I said earlier, coaching at the youth level. Um, both for TFC uh, Academy, uh, but also for the Canadian men's. I think he was at the U 20 world cup with the uh, players a few years ago Um, on that coaching staff has helped out on a senior national team as well uh, on different uh, camps. What your just initial impressions on the announcement that it's Terry Dunfield that essentially will be
0: uh, the interim manager. Uh, put such a smile on my face when I would, I got to the bottom of that press release and I saw that Terry would be taking over the the role as interim. Um, he's been on our show before. Uh, I think this was before you, yeah, you was joined before, us as yeah. a co host, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. so was Terry, Meng, actually. I think every, as everybody knows, like who's had the opportunity to come across Gary, Terry, he's a guy kind of has that Federico Bernardeschi quality where he likes everyone. Uh-oh. Right. He his personality is, is is contagious. When you see Terry you want to smile and you uh you kinda get on the same energy. He's he's really good at, at that. So I'm so happy that he's been able to to get this opportunity for him personally. Um he's had a lot of success too with Toronto C's Youth Academy teams. Right? He's he's it's not like they're just handing the guy to they're the keys to some random person that's part been part of the club. No, Terry has experience with TFC's academy. He's kind of graduated through the ranks in his own bit there, and he's got a lot of experience now coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so for an interim manager, I think he's actually the perfect guy because he is the type of personality that can really rally a team together and kind of get them through a stretch. While well, he also has the soccer background, obviously he's played in Europe, uh, played for some big clubs too in Europe. He's played for in MLS. He's he's obviously a Canadian guy. Um, So he checks a lot of boxes in that regard too. So for me, I'm thrilled. Uh, Is he going to end up being TFC's full-time manager? Probably not, but who knows? Like if he, if all of a sudden TFC go on a run and they start clicking, I mean, how are you going to take the keys away from him when it just simply hasn't worked? So, uh, yeah, I have a lot of time for, for Terry and I'm excited for his, uh, his tenure here as interim head coach.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's a no lose scenario for him. You know, if he's if he's able to pull anything out of this squad, he's a hero. If he isn't, it's because it was a poison chalice. So it's it's a pretty great um, stepping stone for him. Uh, I think he's going to get mollywalled by these Italians. I think I I think he's going to get mollywalled by them. I think they're going to run roughshod over him. If they had a problem with Bob Bradley, who coached two international teams. Tactics because they're so smart about tactics because they know everything. Being soccer players, do you think they're going to listen to Terry Dunfield, who like had a cup of
0: coffee at Man City once? Come on, it's not or, happening. How about how about how about this, Jeff? Do you think Terry Dunfield's going to listen to them? I think his mandate
2: is to get something out of these distressed assets. I don't I think, think a, that's he's everybody's got,
0: mandate that has this job. I don't. I think.
2: I I think if you're asking me. Who's going to challenge them and say, hey, you know what? Let's settle this like men behind the portables after class. It's not Terry Dunfield. It was Bob Bradley and they just let him go. So I think that right now the mandate is trying like they've just given the key. They've just let the inmates run the asylum. I've been sitting (laughs) on. I've been sitting on this. I've been sitting on this all episode. If you none of us have kids, but if you ask your kids what they want for dinner every night, you're getting them McDonald's every night. And then their heart's going to explode and they're going to weigh 400,000 pounds. And it's your fault. We've just asked the kids in the room, Bernadeschi and Lorenzo Insigne, what they want. And they've said McDonald's every night. And we've said, sure. How is that a good decision? It's a terrible decision. I understand why the decision was made. And I understand it's because, yet again, we're stuck behind the eight ball. We, rolled, we bet big and we rolled snake eyes. Everything goes back to Bill Manning. I don't think Bob Bradley had any choice. He was good. He had to go. Okay. But there's still somebody there that has to go as well. If we're because let's, we're, we're, we
0: mm. let's talk about okay, hypothetically, then Jeff, because it doesn't seem like mm. you think Terry is going to be the guy to be able to write this ship with the Italians and get. I don't the best think there is them. any writing this ship with the Italians. So, I was going to ask, I think, is, is, is there a coach out there or. Anybody now, out there, a type of coach that you think TFC should go after permanently? Is there a profile that the you Punisher think would work, the Spanish Inquisition, like people <laughs> that don't take
2: any BS? Because these guys are BS merchants, and we've just given them all the power. You know, I am a firm believer that no player is above the badge, and my club just mandated that two are. But and I'm okay, having a real. But tough to time some extent,
0: though, do do you think that? But if it wasn't for the Italians, Bob Bradley would still have a job here in Toronto. Do you think he's deserved a job, or do you think he that's an to impossible get
2: question, Mike? Because I think the Italians are the reason that Bob Bradley wasn't successful in Toronto, a huge region like it,
0: humongous.
2: I think it, I, I honestly think it's as simple as that it was a clash of strong personalities, and the wrong people in the room were given power in this situation.
1: They hired be true. a very
2: strong personality. And you gave him no ability to do what you hired him to do, and you asked him to kowtow to these morons
1: who think they know everything yeah <laughs> I mean look uh, I think that's pretty strong'm I, I I, I'm, I'm
2: prepared I'm prepared to defend my position. I dislike these guys extremely
1: no fair enough um I'm not sure if they're the complete catalyst for all things wrong at Toronto FC I think they're part of The issue right now. We have Um, to stop
2: signing Sateldos maybe the shiny shiny um, is
1: is doesn't but work. you're going to have to deal with b- big personalities no matter if you go in a dp market they're always going to be they're not all going to be kumbaya yeah. and best friends and sebastian, dealing yeah, and dealing with the them is not convers-
2: firing a coach because they they want to vape more yeah but, we, which is but here's the thing did. we
1: had the same conversations about sebastian jovinko we had the same conversations about josie altador the reason they got a pass is they won football matches <laughs> right?
0: and that's like fine at the end of the day that's, that's fine
2: these guys these guys are terrible Luxury players in a league that doesn't okay. Do luxury
0: we're gonna players we're gonna get to the burning question. We're gonna get to the yeah. Burning we're gonna question. get to the
1: burning question. But like, I, I think you know, in terms of Terry Dunfield, I don't necessarily agree with you, Jeff. I don't think he's just there to get run rough shot over. I agree. With, um, yeah, I, agree I think he will have backing from Bill Manning because, like you said, Mike, what else is he gonna do? Like he di- Like he's already had to fire two of his guys. You're gonna have to back Terry um because he is the guy you picked right to interim run this whether it's for five games 10 games the rest of the season we don't know yet um i'm interested to see what he can do at this level i am interested I, i've watched some of the ga cup games i've watched his team they play nice football um obviously the question becomes i don't get into you in a sec jeff just in terms of it can this translate to the senior level Can he get enough Me, I'm not even talking about the DPs. The DPs are one thing. I actually want to see what he can get out of the young players that have been coached by him um, at youth level who are now on the senior team. I want to see what he can do with those guys. Like The DPs are going to be the DPs, and they're going to DP do whatever they do. I, I really do think that I want to see what Terry can do with those guys. Can he make them better? Because if he can make them better, then that might give a springboard for TFC overall with or without the DPs, depending on how that goes. It gives them a springboard to get better. Go ahead, Jeff.
2: See, this line of thinking drives me crazy because we've spent so much on the DPs. Without them, we are a beer league team, and we did that to ourselves. So to, have, to make this binary argument, we're like, can we do it without the DPs? Absolutely, we can't. This is MLS. We've spent so much of our budget on these two guys that we are so wrapped up in their destiny. I want to address a comment that I starred, which is the DPs can play. They've shown it. I disagree. But the second point, we don't have to like their personalities. I don't care if they eat babies as long as they're producing on the field. What I think about them, I
0: think you care they're assholes.
2: What what I think <laughs> about them, they're assholes, means nothing in the grand scheme of things. This is my problem. We have created a situation where it's now safe for them to whine and cry about anything, with the expectation that the club will do it for them. All right. This is a horrible place to be in. Absolutely piss poor place to be in we have given them all the power and you tell me that they're not going to flex it at the first sign of trouble there'll be no accountability from them and it will be somebody else's fault again you know or or tactics the magical tactics thing we have created the perfect storm of bs for our club to sink even further into its own hubris and i hate everything about it and i don't I care if they're
0: jerks Ahead, yeah, man. no, I I, I, don't, I don't think Jeff's necessarily wrong, um, but yeah, I, I, I'll get into it more in, in when we do the burning question. I just want to go back to, to Terry yeah. um, uh, again, and I, I said my piece about Terry, and the one thing I will say, just in relation to kind of the Italians, um, listen, the culture starts from the top down, and yes, you know, Bob Bradley has handled them from the day to day, But Bill Manning does establish a lot of the ground rules and a lot of the things that, in a way that they can get away with. Um, So hopefully this has all been kind of a learning curve and a learning process for him in terms of how to manage big Italian stars or big stars in general. Um, And we'll see if maybe the culture in in a little bit starts to get a little bit more sterner than than maybe it has been over this last little stretch. Um, Terry, yeah, I, I think the difference between Terry and Bob and I, I don't, I honestly can't say I know too, too much about Terry's coaching style, but I do know that he is, um, he's more of a modern, the way he's more of a modern thinker, right? He's he, I think he's open to fresh, new ideas. Whereas Bob has had success in Major League Soccer, and while Bob has adapted tactically, um, a, in a good amount of way, but the the fundamentals of his game is still very much the same, and it has been the same despite some of those changes so i wonder if terry comes in it's a completely fresh new mindset and maybe that's what gets the best out of this team sometimes you just need a a fresh voice and a fresh look and maybe terry has what it takes to kind of get this team going because that's that's what they need right now
1: all right cool um jeff go ahead if it's quick one last
2: i hate this every manager in the league would kill to have berna and insignia except do we have eyes everybody no they're not that good all right. What, when, when did Burner score? Whoa, lot? They're good. They're not they're that good. good. No, they're not. Yes, they they're are. Not. Jeff. Jeff. They're not. Yeah. Like every manager would kill the half. I know. I do agree that every manager would not than the want club. them in the MLS. That's bullshit. No, not That's every. That's unbelievable okay, horseshit. I'm on, sorry. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. All so right, I do
1: right. agree that, look, they are talented players. They are talented players. Are talented players. There, there's absolutely no doubt they are very, very talented players. I think right I now. I have doubts. The situation in Toronto is not good. Okay, from that perspective, no, not every coach and MLS would kill to have them. I I know that for a fact. Um, they're not they're...
2: superb players. Use your eyes, man. Jeff, stop
0: yelling. <laughs> I don't. I don't
2: yelling. understand why. Why there's so many people that are willing to walk in front of a of a of a runaway train for these two players that couldn't give a crap. About this club that we love so much, and would be on the next plane out of here if we weren't overpaying them so much more than they'd be making everywhere else. I, I it boggles my mind. But that those people are two are different so willing things, to Jeff. Take those a are two different
1: things, guys. and that's not the point. The point that was okay. made, and again, we'll, we'll make this quick and then we'll move on, is that <laughs> they are they are superb footballers. They are really good footballers. I'm not going to hear that I they're don't... not good footballers. I think that the thing here is that they're in a situation where this is just not working right now. Right. Whether it's the talent around them or them personally, whatever is going on in their lives, it's not working right now. And I don't know if you fix it. I'm not saying Terry will fix it. Um, All I'm saying is that, uh, again, for the future benefit of this club. Uh, some of the players that are not named Federico Bernardeschi or Lorenzo Insigne, I'd like to see what Terry Dunfield can do with those players. 100%. Because again, you you got to make you got to you got to get a f- tune out of those players because it's not like there's going to be a ton of money dropping out of the sky to save you again uh, in this window. Like everybody's like, well, are we going to do something in the transfer window? But like Bill Manning is running this transfer window, guys. I I, I don't think I don't think that's. You know, maybe something happens, maybe they're able to make a trade within
0: the league. It's not just it's not just Bill though. I no, mean, I know it's not just Bill. Like but like he's overseeing the high yeah, level. Yeah, Jason, Jason Hernandez yeah. is probably is probably running this this transfer window, is my best guess.
1: Yeah. Nice. I, I but in the end of the day, those decisions will still have to go by bill, right? Like in the end of the day, like those decisions probably unless I mean I maybe a small trade, sure. But you know, if you're if you're going to make the roster decisions that some people are looking to make, they will have to go by bill. And he will essentially have the yes or no, the thumb up or thumb down um, to make a long story short. Okay. Um, Before we get into the burning question, I want to ask one more question about this, um, this firing and then essentially the state of Toronto FC now with this, with the sacking, which I feel like we're doing every week um, with this club. So crisis club. Um, Club in crisis. What, how does this firing of, bill bob manning or bob bradley uh, <laughs> you know melded into one person uh, impact the <laughs> club beyond the first team so we've been talking about the first team that's what m- the majority of people care about of course we understand mm-hmm. that we talked about sort of what did this look like for the club now and moving forward but bob bradley touched more than just the first team He he was touching everything Right, That includes the academy. That includes developing young players. Like, what, what, what is the impact? Because I think, Mike, you had said it in a previous podcast. It's like if you fire this guy, it's not just firing the manager. It's firing the sporting director. It's firing the, the academy head. It's firing the person that's building the structure of this club. Now that that person's gone, what does this mean for the first team and beyond? And more importantly, the academy that you're looking to potentially bring first teamers to and et cetera.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a ripple effect, right? I think every time you watch TFC2 play, they're playing a type of profile or type of football that Bob Bradley would have wanted them yep. to play. And that's the type of football that he wanted to instill in his players that would help them graduate to the first team. Uh, so when you bring in a new head coach, you're now going to do it under his philosophy and his ideas and, and his way of, of playing the game. So that immediately has an effect there. The other big thing I'll kind of point to just behind the scenes is their recruitment. He, Bob Bradley was the guy for for the recruitment. Yes, they had other guys. And of course now you have Jack Dodd that left the club as well. The team's head scout before this. Um, but at the end of the day, everything was kind of going through Bob. there. He had the final say and the final checkoff um, just in terms of, you know, who, who stays and who goes. So now that he's gone, um, TFC was already in the process of, of kind of revamping that overall process. But I wonder now with a new, you have to imagine it probably won't be a new head coach and sporting director. You have to imagine that TFC will like to go the GM route once again. So when that mm-hmm. new GM comes in, what exactly are they bringing with them? Because not only do, T, do TFC need a guy who can make trades and, and make signings, they need a guy who can implement a full fledged scouting network they need a guy that can implement a full-fledged you know transfer philosophy and network and and steps to make in a transfer so they they need they need to really uh hit hit on not only their head coach but their next general manager here and it'll be a big job because i think the way that things operating right now there there's not much of an infrastructure there
2: I'm I'm of the mind that Bob was so busy having a blood feud with the Italians that he was pretty lax on on what he wanted to accomplish with the academy and with TFC2. I really do. I think I think a lot that's of his attention. That's not
1: true at all. He really? was almost at every okay. TFC2 home game. Well,
2: be, being there
0: watching versus doing well, I mean, I his job. He also spent yeah. his Monday nights and Wednesday nights with the actual academy, not just the TFC2. Yeah. So he well, wasn't watching Toronto until I like, got uh, Yeah, very yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he right, wasn't like, watching the well, show.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, then then I'll take my licks, I'll take my L there, but but from my eye test, it just seemed to me like it was it was a step too far and and that he was he wasn't willing he, he didn't how, get as how would, much done on that side. How would you measure that? Pardon? How would you measure that? Well, just from what I've seen uh, watching TFC 2 games I, I mean, I, I, you know, in a lot GFC of ways it's, to it's make the playoffs for
1: the first time last year, like they were actually mm-hmm. really good last year.
2: No, they were, they were. I just right. wonder if he, if you, if we had Bob on the show and you asked him, did you get even give us a percentage of what you think you got accomplished in terms of the sporting director side, in terms of setting up the, 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 the two team and, and the Academy and all that stuff. I think he would. I, I suggest that he would probably meant that he didn't get as much done as he would have hoped but Man, as a consequence of the, of the stress that he had to go through with the first team.
1: I, I think that's fair, but also you got to remember, like if you're, you're bringing in an academy director or a sporting director that overlooks those kind of things, the results of those don't happen overnight. Those take years, like years yeah. to literally years if you're talking about the academy, right? Because like you, you're building in a structure and then you're bringing these kids through the different age groups year over year over year. So that's sort of where I'm going with the question. And and look, I I don't think there's one solid answer yet, but I, I think that, you know, having to keep chopping and changing different philosophies and how you want to do things and how you want to set up your team and how you want to recruit players, both internationally for the first team, but also for young players in the Academy, what type of profile of player do you want to bring into the Academy? Like those things, get severely impacted every time you have to chop and change a manner the the reason you have the crop of young players you have now is because you had greg Vanny in that role for a long yeah. period of time who was able to set down roots and build a plan and get to see a little bit of that start to come back in terms of so- planting the seeds watering it and fertilizing it properly and watching it grow yeah. I, I think I, whether you separate that role from the sporting director and the sporting director and the Academy head, and then you have a head coach of the first team, however you want to do it. Uh, I'm not saying there's one perfect way to do it. Cause there isn't, cause a lot of clubs do a lot of different things, but I think there needs to be some emphasis on that because, you know, the neck, like you said, Mike, the next person they got to hire or the next set of people they need to hire
0: have to Yeah, be right. It's going to, it's going to be set of people. Um, the one thing, one question let me ask before we get to our burning question is, do you guys think that TFC need to completely hit the reset button here? Or is there any salvaging kind of the, the foundation that Bob Bradley was able to establish here? Do you th- Or do you think it just has to be a complete reset?
1: I don't think it has to be a complete reset. I, I don't think, I think you do have to, you'll have to, it's a bit more of a salvage job. Um, if that's kind of the right way to look at it. Like, I think there's going to be, look, you're not going to keep, you know, at the end of this off season, the thing is, is a lot of these guys are under long-term contracts. Um, You're not going to get rid of them easily. Um, You know, the DPs are here for the, until somebody can pay for them, or you just got to eat another big contract again. I am. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, look, you just, you're still paying Josie to not play football right now. Um, You know, so from that perspective, you're going to have to salvage a little bit. You're going to have to, you know, you may have to run with some players you you think you don't want to see right now, whether that's a DeAndre Kerr, who right now at $90,000, at least on the MLS uh, player union salary is your highest scorer on the team right now. So, uh, or tied for highest uh, goal scorer on the team. So, you know, you, you may need to salvage a little bit of that and see what you can get. Um, and maybe have to go down a little bit of the MLS sort of re go down to this MLS Salvation Army store and kind of like, you know, rebuild from that perspective, not maybe not rebuild, but again, sort of build pieces from there and try to get a little bit better. Cause I don't think this, this age of having to go out and sign all these internationals on big Tam money and stuff like that until you develop a proper scouting network that can really find proper talent like that useless waste of your money
0: yeah i I just want to answer graham's question he says what is it a reset nothing in place is in place we just have to build um well how do you build if you have no money how do you build if you have no cap space when i say there has to be some sort of reset in my opinion i think there does need to be a reset because i almost think and i I know this is going to be really unpopular when i say this I almost think TFC have to consider trading Sean Johnson, trading potentially Matt hedges, trading guys who actually have some value, even though they're good Mm -hmm. players on the team, because I'm not sure this current crop at Toronto FC was built the right way to win. So when you are able to get future assets for some of these guys, I think it might be worth actually doing for the betterment of the long-term success uh, of Toronto FC. Um, now I know that again, like I said, that's probably going to be a, an unpopular p- opinion. But Sean Johnson's only signed to a two-year deal; he's got a year and a half remaining on his contract. Do you think Sean Johnson is re-signing with Toronto FC? Do you think he's enjoyed his time? When in his press conference, he said the only thing he came to do here is is win. I don't think there's a lot of players that are lining up right now to kind of stay at this club. So I almost think that, you know, not only on the roster, but I also think behind the scenes, you kind of just need to tear it down just in general yep. and just kind yep. of start start fresh. Um, again, like I said. Okay with and be fair
2: to the process. That's this why won't, I said it's, it's going to be happen in a year. opinion. It's going to yeah. be impossible. Yeah, this won't happen in a year. We tried to do it in a year. It took two years and look at where it got us. We need to be fair to the process that this rot is deep and we need to be the kind of team that isn't planning on being competitive next year or the year after that, or maybe even the year after that. But what was your question again, Mike? The, the initial Do question?
0: We need reset or well, why you don't you ask Federico
2: me? and Lorenzo since they run the team now? I mean, they've got the answers to everything. That That's that's where I'm at with this club, man, is that we? it all has to go by their desk, right? Because we've now put the power in their hands.
1: All right, let's 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 go to the burning question because that will answer that. (laughs) The burning question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's also where you can connect with people and your local businesses in your neighborhood. We'll be posting the burning question each week in Nextdoor's TFC fan group. So join today by downloading the app or going to nextdoor.ca. As we mentioned earlier, our first giveaway from our friends at Nextdoor is now ongoing. Get that extra ballot by joining the TFC fan group on Nextdoor. Uh, But the question we dropped uh, yesterday on Nextdoor and today uh, via Twitter, if Toronto FC could do you think they should sell one or both of Frederico Bernardeschi or Lorenzo Insigne this summer? Um, lots of responses and a lots of different sort of variations because we did put this out on a poll. So on next door, the poll, just so you guys are interested, um, we kind of give the option of sell Bernardeschi, sell Insigne, sell neither or sell both. Um, and sell neither did win by about thirty nine percent, but the sell both was not that, f- or or yes, yeah, sell both was not that far behind at thirty one percent. So I voted off and I cheated. No, go, well, and, <laughs> no, but I like, will. S-
0: I will say though, Mike, that it did shift. I did notice the results shift once the after the Bob Bradley announcement. Yeah, came yeah, yeah I noticed that
1: too. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously there was some trending because we did post this before the announcement of Bob Bradley's sacking. Um, but some comments, FYI, here, we
2: all our other potential questions were Bob Bradley questions, but we decided. That yeah, we but we decided that because we're this, like they're not fighting Bob Bradley, sweet. they're not doing this yet, <laughs> they're
1: not pulling the trigger, uh, and then they did. Um, so Danny just writes in, if Bob was staying, which he's not, so again, written before the uh, the announcement was official, uh, I'd say sell Burundesi. He's been awful and has uh, seemingly checked out socially. Uh, not um, as out there anymore uh, in terms of him just sort of being out in in social media, things like that. But with Bob gone, this is a chance for him to reestablish. Just need a real manager with some global respect. No internal USL Uh or CPL, guys. Well, you got Terry Dunfield, so there you go. Whoops. Um, (laughs) Uh, And I don't buy that either. You have to go out and get some international manager to make this work. Like, teams in 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 this league win with domestic managers okay like uh, but teams uh, okay.
0: don't have Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi. but some but I some teams don't why. need
1: Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi to win MLS Cup all teams don't need
0: sure. Federico Bernardeschi,
1: right and so Insigne. so from that perspective again that again different ways of building rosters um you know we just talked about tearing this one down so there you go um a friend of the show rachel dory uh, writes in and says frankly burn it to the ground both should go as should bill which he has and the entire sports performance department the injuries are absurd there needs to be new ideas and a fresh vision keep Oso richie who may not be staying anyway and the kids michael bradley retires remains with the club to help build it too much rot start over um, so that's friend of the show Rachel Dorian. And lastly, uh, Gray, who's been in the comments uh, here on the show, also just typed chimed in said, "Isn't it isn't uh, it isn't that easy to get rid of the DPS considering the uh, dollars and terms on their contracts? It will take another club to be willing to pay them enough to entice them to leave. Definitely not contracts the club will want to buy out, keep them both, and see how this season plays out." Okay. Jeff, we know your opinion on the DPs. I'm going to hold on you for a second. Uh, Mike, I want you to, to come in. D- how give presumptuous. i love both uh,
2: of them, and we should keep them forever. Yeah, I don't okay, know what you're nice talking try.
1: about. <laughs> 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 Mike, your thoughts on, hey, this is an interesting debate because um, personally, when this was proposed as a burning question, I thought most people are going to be like, just keep them both, right? Like, what's the point? The money's there, and you might as well see what they can do. I wonder how you're feeling about this.
0: So, if Toronto FC could, I think they would in a heartbeat sell both of uh, Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi if they could. Now, obviously, we know the albatross of a contract that Lorenzo Insigne is on. And there's other stipulations beyond just the financial value that come with that contract. So, it's not as easy as him just, you know, deciding to leave. Um, Federico Bernardeschi is an interesting one because I actually think Bernardeschi is a contract that they could move. Yeah. Depending on what they would get in return. Now, the, also the question then becomes when would be the right time to pull that trigger? And I do feel over this last stretch, now that, you know, I think with Bob here, I think his relationship with Bernardeschi was severed. And I do wonder if there was thoughts from Bob Bradley about whether or not he should if the club should sell Bernardeschi. Um obviously Bernardeschi's form has completely dipped up over the last like twelve matches. I think he has one assist or something like that. It's dried up. It's completely dried up. And you can tell it's 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 completely in his head too. Yeah. Like you can tell he's getting himself in good areas and the shots that he was hitting when he first joined TFC, he's just not hitting them anymore. And the, his finishing has just gone completely down the drain. Um, so I still believe, very much believe, that there's an amazing, unbelievable player in there. And I'll, I'll say this again, because I can actually only say it for one more week. So let me just say it. They're, those two players right now are the most skilled players in Major League Soccer. Skilled. They're not necessarily the best players, but they're the most <clears throat> skilled players in major league soccer i I mean you watch their first touch you watch the way they spray balls they're unbelievably skilled there's no denying that you can argue about their work rate you can argue about their fit in major league soccer you can argue about their mentality sure the one thing i don't think anybody can deny is just how talented and skilled they are as soccer players um so you know in a perfect world you surround them with the right players; they click. Everything's great, and everything's happy. Um, I just don't know if you can actually do that in Major League Soccer. So I actually think if TFC could, they would sell. Jeff, I, I burn them all,
2: sell them all. Do they need Do they need help packing? Because I've got I got some free hours. Um, yeah, yeah. To me, I'm the only positivity that I take out of today. Uh, realistically is the fact that there's nowhere to hide anymore. And we're going to find out who these guys really are. Um, and I'm going to eat a lot of S uh, when they get that new coach bump, which is coming and everybody's going to tell me I'm wrong. It will regress to the mean. I'm entirely confident of that. These people are soccer players second, drama queens first. And we've allowed that to happen. Um, that And their attitude stinks. And it's not getting fixed at this club because we've, Open, we've laid out the red carpet for them to continue along the same path. So we are the arbiters of our own demise here. And what I hope is that w- the next time that they decide to riot, which will be sooner rather than later, no, it, it, it's it, it, it puts into sharp relief for everybody just what we're dealing with here. And then we can discuss because getting, when you bet the house, you don't get your money back. We're not getting our money back for these guys. We made a bet. It was a bad bet. So the idea that we're going to recoup our losses is fantasy. So we now need to get comfortable with the fact that we're going to get fleeced any way you slice it. That ending this relationship isn't going to be a win for us. It's going to be a massive, massive loss. So I understand that there's some trepidation to do that and understand that there's a hope against hope and against reality that it's all magically going to work out. Kumbaya, Terry Dunfield's going to come in, have a barbecue, and everybody's going to be making out with each other while we waltz to the MLS Cup. That ain't happening. It's only a matter of time before the other shoe drops. So my hope is that it's quicker, that we, that we you know, it's a, it's a quick death as opposed yeah. to a
0: long, drawn-out one. Just to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. you're obviously – you made your stance clear, but is there any part of you that thinks that Bob Bradley might have been part of the problem here? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like, he's, like he's in, terms of, in terms of in terms of managing the Italians, I think they're unmanageable.
2: I think I, I honestly think in MLS they're unmanageable. We've seen how they run from accountability. It's always somebody else's fault. It's not the fact that you stink and the defenders have found you out. It's tactics or some other ephemeral garbage. They have no accountability, and we've given them the forum to have zero accountability. So to expect that they're suddenly going to... Going to sack up and have accountability is a fool's errand. We have created this. We are the arbiters of our own demise. So, there is no saving this relationship. So, so even guess, if mm.
0: my next question, Jeff, is so then I, I think I've already asked this. Just to be clear: is there anyone that can come in and counter instill that accountability from the Italians? Like, what if TFC, no. for example, what if they go and they get Andrea Pirlo, for example? No. Do you of do you think he not. has the the potential of no?
2: I don't even. I I would like them to go hire Bernadeski's dad to coach. That would be (laughs) hilarious. That would be absolute chef's kiss. And I don't think it would work. Even then, they're uncoachable. They're unmanageable. They think they're better than this team, and they think they're better than this league. And we've seen it. And I'm sorry, but you fool me once, you know, with your with your with your blonde locks and your Jays jerseys Mm. and your (laughs) Olympicos, I'll I'll account to that. You ain't fooling me twice. I drank the Kool-Aid once. I'm not drinking it again. I'm done with these guys. I'm done. The one, the
0: one done thing is, I will guys. say, Jeff, that I agree with you there, um, mm. this league has absolutely been a bit of a wake-up call for them. And I think Insigne even said this recently in, I guess, the only time that he spoke to media this year. Um, he said that MLS was more difficult than he anticipated. Now, I am not. I don't think he necessarily The rare mixed. moment of
2: accountability from Lorenzo
0: Insigne, by the way. I enjoyed that. I don't think he necessarily meant like how talent in the league was, yeah. but I think he more so meant just how much he'll have to work and how physically demanding this league is. And I think to his credit, since he's made those comments and even that game, I think Lorenzo Insignia has he's been big. fantastic for Toronto FC. And I think, I think the biggest thing for me is just his mindset overall. When you saw him like last game, I mean, he is... Talking to his teammates, he's doing. He's leading by example. He's doing all the dirty work, and of course, he's he's also been producing. I mean, this guy has scored a goal or assisted in each of TFC's last five. Could goals. have had a
1: tire on Saturday. Um, yeah, if, if I, the, I think the, it's for all the wrong outside. reasons.
2: Yeah. again, I think I think this this ascent of Lorenzo is off the back of his acrimony with Berna. So when he's on the field alone, he's got an impetus to prove. That burn as the problem. This isn't working for the team. It's working for himself. And at the end of the day, yeah, there may there may be a goal in there. We may get a few wins, but it's it's unsustainable and it's and it's pointless and it's awful and just horrific. And I, it's not a team that I want to spend all of my waking hours thinking about and supporting and 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 bleeding for. I don't yeah. want to. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I did.
0: I disagree in the, uh, with. I think Lorenzo's intent and his mindset. I think at the beginning, yeah, maybe that kinda was what lit a fire in him, that article that came out and kind of painted him in a bit of a bad light. But I honestly think since then he's he's Some... shown a pretty unselfish attitude. Um and when you talk to... I'm already
2: eating a shit sandwich in the comments, by the way. People are saying I know nothing about soccer and that I'm Taylor 12 no, no, so no. Whatever. Bring I... it, bring no, it, guys. I I
0: yeah. Again, like I, mm-hmm. I like I like the the stance that you're taking. I, I don't think you're necessarily that far off, to be completely honest. You're saying a lot of things that I agree with. Um, mm-hmm. I just I think maybe it's a little bit harsh. Um, now, again, Insigne, Hopefully, we're seeing a new Insigne. And if this Insigne is here to stay, and if the new manager Terry Dunfield or whoever it is is able to revitalize Bernardeski, then I think you're going to see Toronto FC start to have more success than they've had this season because we've talked about the margins haven't been that far off. Um, so if they can get a difference maker or two, then then who knows?
1: Yeah, my only th- thought to add to this is really if you're going to sell one, it's Bernadeschi. um Oh, absolutely, yeah, get him out and, the door and, immediately and, yesterday. Well, I, I got, look, uh, you could talk about the article and all that. I just uh, honestly think MLS has kind of figured him out. From that perspective, and if you're in like okay, yes, you play him as a ten, things like that. Maybe that's where he will be best be fitting with the team going forward. If if that's how Terry wants to play, we'll we'll find that out. But I I do think there are other players out there that you can get at better money that can do something similar. Um, Yeah, and
2: maybe not don't wear Coach Killer killer on their jersey.
0: I mean, what if like what okay, what if the Italians? had a striker. Do you think like it, no. is that there's something we're just glossing over the fact that this team hasn't been able to actually give them a striker? I know, I, I mean look, don't care anymore. Sure,
1: but again, at the end of the day, we don't like. I, I can't keep. I, I do agree with Jeff there. Like, I can't keep living in this sort of like. Well, if they had a striker, maybe if only a, this, if don't, then mean, they, they don't wouldn't pretty, suck the bag anymore. You know, it's a big thing. Like, you're you're like, not it's wrong. A Mike. Big, it's a big, big thing. It's, it's big. huge.
2: It a thing. It's, it's, a massive it's huge. Thing. But, 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 but you're it's play play that, making that, wingers, Yeah, but does that cancel the fact that? Does that cancel the fact that like? Why did we sign? why do we blow our load on two playmaking wingers and not a striker i I spoke about
0: that right the plan was to also bring in a striker and then got cut yeah
2: but i but i think that their own personal bs has superseded the desire to make it work with these guys because i i firmly believe it is never going to work with these guys i i i'm i'm positive about this i will die on this hill
1: Okay, with that, let's see. Jeff will die on that hill and we'll end the show. Thank you for listening to another <laughs> episode of Toronto Till I Die. We'll be back next Monday evening recapping TFC's Canada Day clash against Real Salt Lake and Terry Dunfield's home opener, uh, or debut, I should say, as manager. I wonder if he's going to wear the tassel socks uh, like he did when he was a player. That would be amazing if he came out in a suit and tassel socks. Hey, Mike, it is time uh, for Bachelor in Paradise. We're about. 32 minutes behind. I hope you PVR would it, buddy. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. The wife will give me all the details. Uh, big, big ask for all the viewers and listeners who watch uh, or catch this on in either podcast form video form, whatever. Uh, give us a retweet and follow on Twitter. Uh, get yourself into that contest. We were talking about earlier um, to win a sweet, sweet Federico Bernadeschi Jersey, even though we were all talking about selling them right just now. Mm -hmm. Um, I will help you light it on fire. If you like just uh, search Toronto till I die on the bird app, Uh, find the contest post uh, plus our past episodes, clips links to the youtube channel and all our podcatchers. and of course uh join on next door the toronto fc fan group for an extra ballot to try to win that jersey for michael singh and jeffrey p i'm mike newell see you next week really enjoyed everybody. it
0: and wait and wait and baby i'm tfc till i die <laughs>